Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow. But I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters, because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. And this is the Spotlight on 
Fightful. Welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful. I'm Jeremy Lambert. That is Steven Jensen. And it is Thursday, February 1st, the first day of February. Shout out as always to Big Dick MLJ for the intro. Jensen, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Sorry, uh, we're a little bit late this morning because my internet decided to stop working right when we decided to start this show. So I decided to go double check to make sure everything's working. Should be good to go. But everything's going good, man. We got some good news to talk about in today's show. Hope everyone uh, is having a good Thursday morning, ready to talk about some uh, some good stuff today in the world of professional wrestling. Before anybody asks, let me ask, is there a job update? Okay. So last week, um, I had two separate calls randomly. One with my current boss, one with my potential new boss. The first one was from my potential new boss saying, we're so sorry this is taking so long. These are the reasons why. And then my current boss reached out the next day and said, hey, just so you know, like you're, I can't say anything to you because I'm not, you know, I can't say it, but like we have found and been training the new person for this team. So they told me I should have an offer this week, although it's Thursday. I mean, there's only two days left in the week, but um, I mean, it's all but official. It's all everything except for me actually signing the thing at this point, pretty much. So um, it's been a hell of a process. They still have not given me an official offer. So I still unfortunately can't confirm that. But um, they told me it was coming this week. I mean, it's from my boss and my boss's boss. Like there's once again, my my company merged with another company and the pro- that that process has been just a just a uh, anyone who's gone through that where like two companies merge and like you're kind of in the middle of that and trying to get a promotion at the same exact time it's just the timing was awful as far as like everything changing all at one time so anyways they've explained it to me they're like i'm I'm cool with it as long as they don't pull the rug out from under me like at the last second or something and in which case i'll definitely let you guys know but uh um can i say what the role is vaguely like a team manager you're in sales now um I would, I would call it more like customer service, but, uh, but yeah, this is more of like a, uh, what I do currently is a lot of me on the phone with people. Uh, what I'd be doing instead would be more like emailing people, like getting paid more to email, which in, you know, for someone like me that talks so much with podcasting and stuff, I'm trying to do less with my voice if possible. So, um, it seems like an easier job for more money and it's something I could only do with it as a job I could only get if I had already done the job I'm currently doing, if that makes sense. So like the two years I've put in at this job really prepares me for the next one. And I wouldn't even be able to get this next job if I hadn't been doing this for two years. So um, anyways, that's kind of where, what it is, but I appreciate everyone. Yeah. We got bigger, we got bigger news to talk about this week than me for sure. Fingers crossed next week, we will have a more positive and an official update on Steven Jensen and the job, uh, the, the job story here finish your story on the job but as you know jensen i need to finish the story in the wwe the story never finishes guys you can leave a super chats leave a question comment statement get it right on the air if it is super sad leave us a thumbs up on the video as well subscribe to the channel if you've not subscribed to the channel and we have a super chat related to the story and finishing the story. You don't win back-to-back rumbles, have Cody on the 2K cover with finish the story moniker and have him on Jimmy Fallon like Roman the last two years. Cody has to finish the story 
and beat Roman Jensen. He did it. He won the 2024 Royal Rumble, last eliminating CM Punk. He pointed to Roman Reigns. He said he was going after Reigns. On Raw, Seth Rollins tried to make his appeal that he was that Cody should go after him. Cody's going to be on SmackDown on Friday. Walk us through from the Rumble <laughs> all the way to now. I absolutely will. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat out a little bit for this. So it isn't even just the things <clears throat> that were mentioned in that super chat. It's also like, remember last year how he had his whole family in the front row at WrestleMania and negative one was in the front row, Brody Jr. And like he handed the weight belt to Brody and everything. And it's like, oh, there's no way he's going to lose now. Like, I mean, look at this. And then like this year, he's inviting the entire wrestling club to the show. And it's like, you can't keep doing this to the people. Like, it isn't just me. It's like, it's everybody at this point. Like, you can't fly out the whole wrestling club and then Cody loses in front of them. Like, I mean, I, but I'm saying it, it can happen because it literally happened to Brody last year and Cody's family in the front row. So anyway, I want to get that out of the way too. There's there's even more than what was mentioned in the super chat. Like, they can. I, they flew out a bunch of Make-A-Wish kids for John Cena. That didn't stop them from losing. They can, they can yeah. beat whoever they want to beat. Doesn't matter who's in the audience. That's true. And my, my point is like, it's even, even that I'm considering, like I'm trying, I'm honestly trying to think of any specific reason where I'm like, Oh, they definitely wouldn't do that to again. This as, as this year, like, because of this reason and this reason, and this reason. Now, <clears throat> as far as the Royal Rumble itself and like the whole situation we're in right now, I thought the men's Rumble match itself wasn't great. I thought the women's was pretty, pretty good though. I really enjoyed the women's one. Um, the men's went up once it got to like the the last like six or so. I thought it really started getting good, and I mean, so Cody comes out at fifteen. Um, I came really damn close on Wrestle Rumble, also. By the way, I, I was I would have probably won the five hundred for the the Rumble contest if I wouldn't have gotten beat on a technicality. I chose three eliminations for Jade Cargill, and she got two. The third one didn't count because she used someone else to knock them out of the ring. Um, so that, and that was a 20 pointer and I missed by, well, I, I was, I got 25th place, but that 20 points would have anyways. Um, <clears throat> shout out Russell rumble. That, that, that was still fun. So Cody comes out at 15. Things really heat up. Obviously once it gets down to punk and Cody, cause I'm, you know, pacing around my place, you know, I have a couple of buddies we're watching with and I'm like, I'm, I, it's like, of course it's going to come down to this, right? Like of all people, but once again, I, even on Wrestle Rumble, I had it coming down to, to the two of them. Like I, I figured that that's where this was heading. I'll also mention that I noticed CM Punk's injury immediately. He took that future shock DDT and grabbed his arm and then like rolled to the corner. And me and my friends were immediately like, he's hurt. Like a referee's talking to him. So I spotted that immediately and, and massive shout out and credit to CM Punk for finishing that match with the torn, uh, was the triceps that he's torn. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, Y'all, y'all know my feelings on CM Punk, but like, I'm, I'm not gonna hate on the dude when he, I mean, he deserves credit for finishing. Why Drew McIntyre hates on him? It's fine. Drew McIntyre is the best wrestler in the WWE that isn't named Cody Rose right now, <laughs> and we should talk about him too if we need to. I love, I love Drew. Um, but so it gets down to Cody and, and CM Punk, and <clears throat> obviously, um, I mean, it, it was really good drama wise, but the fact that Cody, you know, gets the job done and he wins. And, you know, Punk had a pedigree and stuff. I mean, he's really starting to lean more into the, you know, well, he's going to be gone for a minute. So we'll see where all the, you know, where all that, ha- I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. But anyway, Cody wins. 
points it, you know, points at Roman, does the whole thing. The, the two, the two, two sweets, the the guns and the the point to the crowd. It was awesome. I was marking out. It was, it was, it was the best. It was a great night. I was really, really excited. And I'm thinking to myself, and I'm even saying out loud, and I'm like, this is it. Like he's gonna finish the story. Like he's already he's pointing at Roman. It's gonna be Roman and Cody too. <clears throat> Cody's definitely winning this time. Like it's definitely happening. And then Monday rolls around. Cody comes out to the ring and basically says, you know, I'm here to challenge Roman for WrestleMania. Is basically what he's getting at. Seth Rollins music hits. All right. There's a lot of issues I have with this whole Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes thing. Because there's a lot of things that play in a lot of moving parts. It's similar to my promotion right now in certain ways where it's like, I know what's going to happen, what should happen. But like, because someone else needs to be hired for my position first, nothing can even happen for me until that's taken care of. And then this thing has to get approved. And it's like, there's like moving pieces. And it's, and it's frustrating trying to you know make sure this happens smoothly. And for... Cody Rhodes, one of the things now is CM Punk gets hurt. So you can't do CM Punk and Rollins. So do you, do you actually just pivot to Cody and Rollins and you still have the opportunity to do the rock and, uh, and Roman potentially. So like, is that a reason with, with that would be the most ironic thing that's ever happened would be CM Punk cost Cody Rhodes, his story this year at WrestleMania by getting injured. Like somehow CM Punk coming into WWE and getting hurt affects Cody Rhodes finishing the story that would be in, insane if that like if that actually wound up happening to, to me to cody to the fans like if all of all people with cm punk did that happen you know what i mean of all people and i'm not blaming cm punk for getting hurt i'm not happy he's hurt just for the record so people know but it's just like how crazy of a coincidence is that and and seth makes a pretty compelling argument about you know this being the dusty Does well that's what they're trying to the, I, they're trying to make you think that Cody's going to actually maybe choose Seth. I don't think he's going to, by the way, but I'm trying to paint a picture here. So at the end of the day, Cody, Seth, Seth's idea is this is the dusty title. This is the title that's getting defended every week. Roman shows up a few times a year. That's not the title you want. That's the ultimate warrior title. You want the dusty Rhodes title. You want the workhorse title. Um, now, I don't think Cody's going to choose that title, but I think it's strange for Seth to even do this because if, if, Cody doesn't choose Seth. It makes his Seth's title look even lamer than it already does. And it already looks pretty lame because Cody hasn't even targeted it once since it's since its inception. And Cody's been undefeated this whole time, beat Brock three times, beat Shinsuke, beat you know Dominic and Finn and all these guys, Judgment Day. And it's like, and he hasn't even once been like, yeah, and I want that title. You didn't yeah. care about it. So why would you care about it now all of a sudden? So I want your thoughts on this too, obviously. So go ahead. But that, that's where I'm at. I don't actually think he's using Seth Rollins, but like if they pivoted because of CM Punk's injury, that would be the most ironic thing that's ever happened to me, like as a wrestling fan. I think they're just doing the Seth thing because they needed something because it was going to be Seth and CM Punk. I right. think the plan was always Cody and Roman. They just did this segment because Punk got hurt. And so now you need something else to, to do. Um, at least for that night, it buy it bought them a segment. It might buy them an extra week. It'll buy them a segment on on SmackDown when Cody makes his actual decision. I don't think Seth's argument holds a lot of weight because I understand Seth what he was trying to do from a kayfabe perspective. Um, you know, he wants to wrestle Cody. 
Cody beat him three times. He wants to big up his title. But from a Cody perspective, you beat him three times. You want to be you want to face the guy that beat you last year that cost you the, the match last year, the family that cost you the match last year. So I don't think they're pivoting anything. I just think it was a segment to do a segment and then Cody will make his decision on SmackDown. He'll pick Roman. And then Seth is a man without a, a match for right now, whether they go with Gunther, whether they go with Drew, a triple threat match, maybe with Drew and Sammy. You know, there's there's some options out there. But for right now, he's, he doesn't have a match because it was pretty clear that they were going to go Seth and Punk, and that's not going to happen now. Yeah, and, and, you know, for those other options, those are good options. Like, I would be all – I've said this for a lot, for a, a while. I'd be all for Gunther – being the intercontinental champion going into WrestleMania, challenging Seth Rollins for his world title and doing title versus title, like Hogan warrior style. Like I'd be totally fine with that because it, I've, I've mentioned it before because, you know, people really want to see someone get the rub off beating Gunther for that IC title. But if he never loses the IC title, someone's still going to get that rub when they eventually beat him for the world title. It'll be even bigger because he hasn't lost in so long and multiple title belts and, you can just do a tournament for the IC title afterwards. And you just got to make sure you protect that next champion and keep him as strong as you're trying to keep Gunther. But I, I mean, for me, the, the person who's the biggest loser out of all of this kind of is Damian Priest, because like, I don't, I don't even view him as like, there's nothing really against him. It's because of like the land, the current landscape in the company where other people are at to me, Damian Priest is like 10th down the list of people I would even care about seeing as a champion right now. Like, for me, it's Drew McIntyre, 100%. Like, I do Drew McIntyre and, and Seth Rollins. That, that's my, you know. But I would have no issue with Gunther or Triple Threat. I, I like both of those ideas, too, because Gunther deserves something big for sure, especially if they're going to do Gunther and Brock, and if they had to pull Brock. Like, I mean, you still got to, you still got to, you know, Gunther deserves a big spot with, with the spot that he's he's been in for the last couple years. But when it comes to Cody, yeah, I just, I, I, I imagine he's going to, he's got to still go with Roman and I mean, I'm getting pretty excited about it again. And it's getting a little scary. Like I'm like, you know, kind of envisioning him doing this and finishing the story, but I can't get too excited. And there's also the possibility of the rock and we don't have to get into the McMahon stuff. Cause that, that actually happened like the, like the afternoon of our last show. So like, we haven't talked about that, but it's been a whole week of it. You know, we've heard everyone else talk about it, but like, there's also things I'm trying to keep in mind too, when it comes to that, where it's like, well, you know, does the rock have to like, does, do they feel like the rock needs to be a part of this? Like he's like one of the owners now, like they need a new look for the company. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is, is it a good PR move? Like to have the rock involved in WrestleMania now? And like, is that, is that how they feel about it? When the new ownership came in, I don't know this for a fact. It's just my own personal feeling. And it's been my feeling since last WrestleMania I truly believe Cody Rhodes was going to beat Roman Reigns last year at WrestleMania. And then the day of the show, when the sale was like becoming a thing, I honestly think the new Endeavor management or, or Vince McMahon himself, because he, that's when he came back into to do the sale. I honestly think that that's when the decision was made. No, we have to keep this on Roman. Like Roman works. Roman's the face of this. We're not taking a risk by changing it to Cody right now. We're keeping this with Roman until the sale. And, and so that makes me think like, well, will they do something similar where it's like, Cody's already our guy. Cody's already basically the face of the company. Um, we just have, we will do Roman and rock this year. Roman will win again. He'll hold the title to next WrestleMania. Cody wins this other title. 
this year, you merge it all next year, WrestleMania 41. It's for all the titles. And you got Cody's got to wait a whole other year to wrestle Roman. I obviously hope that doesn't happen, but those are the things that I'm like thinking could potentially happen is, you know, you know, maybe we have to wait till next year for the rematch between Raw and before. But also, if you get the title on Cody, which they already showed it on last year, we talked about that at nauseum, how they should have already, this should have already happened a year ago, and we should be at one year with Cody with the title right now. But imagine if, like, you do Raw, you do Roman and Cody this year, and The Rock is involved in the finish, some way, one way, shape, or form. Whether it's you know he attacks Cody and he actually is aligned with Roman, like in the bloodline, like or something, or he helps Cody win and like you know it sets up Cody and Roman. But eventually, if you got Cody Rhodes as the world champion from this year until next year, and you want to bring in The Rock and have Rock versus Cody. Like, think about how big that's going to be with how big of a star Cody is right now and how big he's going to be with one year with the title. Like, you have all these other opportunities. Like, you got to get that title on Cody. Like, he's your Cena. He's your he's your John Cena right now. You got to do it. So, that's how I feel. I, I've i said this. I think that Rock and Roman is next year. It should I be. Think, I think Rock wants to hold off a year. I think he wants it to be the first Netflix WrestleMania I think it's next year. I think they're going Cody and Roman. I said that last week, despite the reports that turned out to be not accurate. I thought the plan was, was Cody and Roman. And yeah, Cody makes sense to win the title. I could also see Cody not winning the title and then deciding rock and Roman needs the title and Roman's going to hold it for another year before he faces Rocket Mania next year. My my uh one you're saying he beat like he'd retain over Cody and then do yes. Rocket Roman next year. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh he retains over Cody, bloodline interference, whatever it is, bloodline stands tall at the end of the night, and then the if you smell hits and Rock comes out to confront Roman and you get the big stare down to close WrestleMania of Rock and Roman and then that that's basically the challenge of one year later rock and Roman is going to happen that they'll make that official, I guess the, the next night on raw, but I could possibly see that possibly see it. I still think Cody wins. I think it's more likely Cody wins because rock kind of interferes and helps as bloodline tries to, which is really just solo and Jimmy at this point, but you know, solo was the guy who cost him last year. Solo comes out. Here comes rock takes out solo allows cody to win and then cody wins and then that's how you set up rock and roman for next year yeah that that's the scenario that i actually think is the most likely is exactly what you just said the rock helping cody win the title and setting up rock and roman next year non-title the first scenario you laid out cody just never finishes the story period <laughs> like like he loses to roman uh roman and rock is next year i guess at that that would make Cody look so lame if like he kept losing for this title and then he finished the story by beating someone for the, the world title on raw, like the title that's been around for less. That's the other thing. This title has been around for less than a year. Like there's nothing you can do to convince me that Cody would be um, like that Cody would be interested in that over, over the, like the, the story is the WWE title. It's the title that dusty held in Madison square garden that got taken away from him. Like, that isn't the 
that isn't the world title belt that's been around for less than a year, then listen, Seth's done a good job with that title. I'm not going to sit here and like, like WWE, I've said it before, they're in a good spot with, they've got a lot of like legit main eventers right now. And Seth Rollins is definitely one of them. He's one of their most over guys. He's done a really, really good job with that title belt. But I've also felt like the title belt's kind of lame because once again, it, it was put on someone who lost to Cody three times in a row. And Cody has no interest in even challenging. Like he knows he can beat him. If he wanted the title, he could get it. He just, he does, he, that's how little he cares about it. He hasn't even thought about it up to this point. So he's been thinking about nothing but Roman. He finished in the story all year. This whole bloodline thing with Jay, like Jay Uso's whole transformation is very heavily involved with like Cody and that story and and Sammy and it, like it, it just has to happen. It just has to happen this year. Cody's got to win. I got to start setting up my tattoo appointment and hair dyeing appointments again soon. Well, Sidetown's Paul. first says, Stephen, it's in the bag. Stop worrying. If he doesn't finish the story at Mania, I'll drop a hundred dollar super chat on the subsequent spotlight now now that we're talking money no check out the tip jar on my twitter i don't know if you want to do it through the super chat um (laughs) uh (laughs) but uh yeah i I appreciate the sentiment uh saiton spurs but uh and jk shaw by the way uh he he got like i think he got second place in the cm punk contest and like top 10 in the like and he won a free a free entry from us i'm pretty sure so there's people winning surprises or getting close um but yeah in the bag shy town Listen, that's how I want to feel about it, but that's exactly how I felt last year. I thought it was in the bag last year. I'll never forget exactly where I was standing when this when he lost to Roman. I mean, I I was it's a it's a, that memory is burned in my brain and my brother's reaction to it. I'll never forget because he wanted to roast me so bad. He love he loves when like I get when I mark out on something too hard and it doesn't go my way in wrestling. He just thinks it's really funny because of how much I care about it. But even that one, he was like, man, I'm, I feel sorry, man. Like, I'm so sorry that happened. He's like patting me on. He's like rubbing my back. Like, man, I'm sorry, bro. You know, <laughs> it's like, that's how bad it was. Um, so anyway, and it could happen again. But dude, especially with everything going on with Vince and, and all this, like they really have opportunities here to rewrite a lot of history, which I think is smart in a lot of ways. And I mean, obviously, but one of those ways is, is, is like Cody. Like you, you have your new good guy is like, is like, is in the palm of your hand. He's already that guy. He's already getting the reactions. Just put that title on him. Like it's, it's right there. Like this is the only, the only excuse you could make at all against it. If you're the WWE is we want Hogan's name out of the record books. We want, we want Roman's name at the top of these record books for title reigns. So we, we got to get Roman to, you know, he's got, I don't think they want, Hogan out of the record books though. Hogan did the code open True. for Rumble. True. Like I, yeah. I think we're it, it people point to that of like, oh, they want to rewrite records and everything. I don't know how much they want to rewrite that. Bruno, I I think is not gonna be touched. And Triple H was the guy who brought Bruno and and Vince back together. So I think Triple right. H likes Bruno, doesn't want to pull that one out. Hogan, I can kind of see of Triple H being a little like yeah let's push him down but again the fact that like hogan is still referenced on WWTV was literally on WWTV, granted in a video package but still you got to make that phone call to put right. him in that video package the fact that like he's still has a presence and they're celebrating 40 years of hulkamania i don't think they want to fully write him out of things 
you're 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 actually you're probably right about that. That's a, that's a good point with Hogan. I I I guess it's more me and you and a lot of the fan base is like it's probably a good idea to to rewrite Hogan yeah. as much as we can. But that that's you're right. I mean, he was he was as a part of it as recently as the Royal Rumble with his video packages. So that may not be their prerogative, which you know makes you feel a little bit better about the Cody thing. I mean, you know, for at least that perspective. Uh, Gagan in the chat says, uh, I'm going to put it up here, says Sean reported uh, Cody topped the merch sales at the Royal Rumble Superstore, which isn't surprising, but also I had a friend there, Gunner, uh, you know, the, the best Cody Rhodes collector in the world. He was there and he always hits me up at these shows and lets me know, you know, what's there. I do the same for him whenever I go. And there wasn't even anything like new for Cody there. There's nothing for me, for either of us to even really buy outside of the, the Cody wins the Royal Rumble t-shirt that they put out right afterwards which of course i purchased but they they you know that, that's cody topping the merch sales without even having like that much merch available it sounded like so yeah good good for him um yeah man well uh oh man i don't know i'm getting oh sorry oh, about that everyone geez. i kicked, 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 kicked my microphone and my entire desk on accident you're gonna oh, be stressed these next few months i'm worried oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna be stressed. Well, here's the other scenario that I that I came up with on Twitter right after uh, the Seth Rollins challenge, which I think is this is maybe the most likely scenario. This this would be my favorite scenario. Cody says, "You know what, Seth, you're right. That is the World Course title. I'll take that. I want it. Me and you, night one WrestleMania. I'm still wrestling Roman on night two. I'm winning all of it. I'm fine. I'm fine with that idea." Sorry, everybody. I've, I've probably effed everyone's ears up with that. I, I literally need my desk right under my microphone. That's why that happened. Sorry, guys. He's going to break that desk if Cody loses. It's going to completely just shatter the desk, shatter the microphone. It's gonna I'm, be... little, I'm a little worried, man. I, I bought a, I've, I've talked about it before, Black Friday this year. I bought a, uh, everyone wake up this morning <laughs> with kicking that microphone. Um I bought a, a I bought a 75 inch TV on Black Friday, and I'm a little bit worried. Like the thing's like mounted up on my wall. Like I'm, I'm never be able to move it, but I'm afraid like the wrong thing's gonna happen. I'm like throw my remote through it or something. Like I gotta like keep I gotta keep people are gonna have to restrain me if Cody loses this match. Um, Gunner has even been texting me like, "Hey man, there's no way they do Seth and Cody, right? Like we're all all the Cody road the Cody road support team is like all." We all got each other's backs right now, and we're all. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time, but the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. 
Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's a lot of copium right now. We're all trying to like convince ourselves there's no way they're going to screw Cody out of this again this year, right? You know, but they're they're giving us all these reasons to think that it might happen. I I don't think it's going to be Seth and, and Cody again. They they haven't gone to that story. That story doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Seth is trying. They're trying to do something with them, and they're trying to do something with them because CM Punk is hurt. He yep. tore his tricep, taking the uh, Future Shock DDT. He finished the match, credit to him, finishing the Rumble. Yep. Got eliminated by Cody, then came out the next night on, or two nights later, on Raw. Said he, WrestleMania's not in the cards for him. Not going to make it. Not going to get a chance to finish his story in main event WrestleMania. And it, then Drew came out, said, I prayed for your downfall. I'm glad you're injured. You're weak. This is what you deserve. And then he beat him up some more. Um, Look, the plan, from what I can tell, from what was on television, was going to be Seth and Punk. That made the most sense. Now they got to pivot to something else with Seth. Maybe it's going to be Seth and Gunther. Maybe it's going to be Seth and Drew. I think that's the best case scenario, Seth and Drew. I think Drew is doing incredible work right now. But Drew's contract is also a thing. Um, Drew is reportedly still not resigned, and his contract's up after WrestleMania at some point. So you'd probably want to get him under a deal before you put him in this big match. Where where do you think this is going? And your your overall thoughts on the the CM Punk injury? I know you did not wish for this injury. I know you're not taking uh, a victory lap that CM Punk is injured again. But are you going to be a hater like Drew? He's like, yeah, I used to pray well, for times like these. No, I'm not gonna sit there and prayed for because, <laughs> to be completely honest, 
it is going to sound very selfish, but like CM Punk staying healthy actually helps my motives for like for Cody and stuff. Like I, I and also Seth versus Punk is actually a match I was interested in. Like it's not like I didn't want to see that. You know what I mean? So like, um, no, I was we were all robbed of the whole. I mean, <laughs> CM Punk literally came back to the company after ten years. Royal Rumble number twenty seven. I mean, the, the, everything just like lined up, and. And it was all so he can come back and headline night one of WrestleMania against Seth Rollins. And it's all just none of it's going to happen. And that's no matter how you feel about CM Punk. I mean, that's that's got to suck if you're him. I mean, that's got to suck so hard. But I really wish Drew, I mean, he didn't say it in these exact terms, but that promo was basically fragile ego, fragile ego, fragile body, weak mind, weak spirit. You know, that was the the John Moxley. That's what John Moxley said about CM Punk. The, <laughs> and, and that was basically the vibe I got out of the Drew McIntyre promo uh, with CM Punk on Monday. Uh, I mean, but the way he, he set it all up and he, him talking about like, he's like, Bat, when you were here before, you were a dick. I didn't like you. You're a cancer to this locker room. I prayed for that to happen to you. It's like, damn, dude. That's... I mean, and how much of that is real feelings? You know what I mean? Like that, he, you know, I, and I, I think there's probably at least a little truth to him feeling like that. Um, also, I definitely got a kick out of CM Punk bringing up his UFC run. I obviously caught that line. Um, he, he was, he gave himself a lot more credit than he deserves on for him. It was kind of funny too. He said, you saw me, y'all saw my, 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 my UFC run. Not great. That's an understatement for sure, but but at least he's he has he has, you know, acknowledged it on on television. We can get now now I now even I can get past it. I think all right. He's he's brought it up to the audience at least. Y'all choose your own adventure and do your research on that if you want to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I no matter who you are and what you how you feel about certain people and stuff. For anybody to, to have the, a 10-year journey like CM Punk had of getting his ass kicked in the UFC, of going to AEW and, and how that turned out, of of the fan base chanting his name for a decade, of the stuff between him and Colt Cabana and the legal stuff with him in the WWE and all this stuff that's happened over the last 10 years for this guy, for him to finally come back and finally be in the position where it's like, all right. We are heading to WrestleMania. You're the one thing you've never gotten in this in this industry is the main event of WrestleMania. It's the one thing that you want, and it's about to happen. And now you can't have it again. That would that would just suck so bad, no matter who you are. And people are like, well, you know, he's gonna be back in like you know, four to six months. The last triceps took like nine months for him. Oh, uh, I think that was partial also suspension. Because I think he was oh, probably okay. healthier before collision. Because, yeah, it, the injury occurred in September, and then he didn't come back until June. But I think he was healthier before that. It's just the collision date wasn't official until June, and then they weren't going to bring him back until they had collision because they couldn't bring him back for Dynamite because, you know, reasons. Right, uh, he created his own show for him, so he yeah, didn't have to work. Yeah. So yeah. I, I – yeah. I wouldn't read too much into it. it took this long last time. But, so it's going to take that this long 
this time. That's a good point. That's a really good point. I, I, I forgot about the suspension aspect of that. But regardless, I don't see him back for WrestleMania. They made it pretty clear that that's not going to be happening. Um, and I mean, listen, I I don't want to sit here and kick the guy while he's down. But just in the last couple of you know, few years, the, the foot injury, the other triceps, this triceps, he's 45 years old. And once again, regardless of how I feel about his UFC run, he's still legitimately trained for the better part of a decade at Rufus Sport with the Pettis brothers, with, you know, Tyron Woodley, with like, I mean, with really good fighters. Like he was in there getting beat up all the time. Like he got a lot of, that puts a lot of wear on your body, training MMA like that with, with legitimate fighters. I mean, even, and here's the thing, I, I rag on CM Punk's UFC career all the time. I was one of the worst amateur wrestlers ever. Like I was not good at amateur wrestling. I, I rarely ever won. But like, just because you're not getting W's on the mat or whatever, doesn't mean you're not going through the same practices everybody else is. And like, you're getting worn down and your body's getting worn down. It's even worse on you because you're losing. You're having to fight off your back. You're getting pinned. You're trying, you're struggling. And that was probably CM Punk his entire UFC run training. Like this dude is is probably always injured to some degree. I mean, actually, I can pro- I can promise you he is because I, I pick up on it. And I'm sure other people do. When he isn't wrestling, he has a limp. Like he, there's something up with his either one or two of his knees or his hip for sure. And it's okay. You can get around that. Like you, you, before he actually wrestles, I'm sure he does a lot of stretches and the, the adrenaline and like he, he moves a lot differently. Just like there's, there's professional athletes even in a lot of professional wrestlers that sometimes they have trouble like getting in and out of cars, just like bending certain ways. But then like, once you stretch enough and you get going and you get loose, you can go out there and wrestle. But like in your everyday life, like you're kind of locked up. I've heard that about John Moxley. I've heard, I've heard there's certain things that there's like difficult, like certain like just like motion, uh, like range of motion stuff that he has a really hard time with, like when he's not wrestling, but you wouldn't know it when he's in the ring. Cause he, he goes out there prepared. But like, so see, I, I think that CM Punk is, always dealing with injuries and he's 45 and if you can't take a a a simple ddt you know i get that it's a little different because his arms were out and he's like planting like planted his arm wrong or something but like i i feel like just like an AEW, you can't you can make certain plans for cm punk but i feel like you can't have like these huge long-term plans because he gets injured way too often so it's like i mean i don't think that's even like rude or out of pocket for me to to make that ass- that that assessment by the way like i think everyone can agree whether you love cm punk or you, or you hate cm punk like it's hard it, it's a t- it's a tough look when you're 45 and you get hurt this often you know it, it's true that he's yeah he's 45 46 i think even um or may, it might be 46 this year tough run of injuries basically ever since he won the aw world title everything prior to that great um everything since that not so great whether it's the foot injury brawl out brawl in triceps injury another triceps injury there's been a lot that's happened since he won the AEW world title um but yeah it is tough to make long-term plans when the guy is is getting hurt and that's a reality when you're 46, you've been wrestling all these years and you're not wrestling consistently either. Like that's, that's, you know, uh, Singh says same thing happened with Danielson. He was hurt in an elbow drop. That's denying ages catching up, but it's also bad luck. Some of it is bad luck, but 
Daniel also has a lot of those years and miles too. Like he's yeah. always hurt also. Like, I mean like that, that both of them are in the same boat, I think in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. And punks, you know, 10 years older than Danielson. Right. And Danielson's made it clear. Like this is his last year of full term, like probably because of the injuries, you know what I mean? It's, how old's Danielson? Danielson is uh, 42. I don't know why I said 10 years older. That was uh, <laughs> for some reason. I thought Danielson was a lot younger. Uh, yeah. And punks 45, not 46. So three years older. Um, but yeah, Danielson has a, that same kind of wear and tear hard road. Punk took 10 years off, but he did do MMA for a portion of that. That's going to beat up your body. As you mentioned, I also think not wrestling consistently doesn't help him. Because, you know, how many times do you hear wrestlers say, like, yeah, I want to be consistent because then your body gets calloused to all of this stuff. You get back in the ring that first time, you haven't been in the ring, it starts to hurt. Because even though you've been wrestling for years, if you haven't wrestled for a while, that first bump just hurts because your body has to readjust to, like, taking that bump again. Um, and, and that's, you know, Punk hadn't wrestled a whole lot. To when he when he came, first came back, he was wrestling consistently, and then he broke his foot on a j- jump into the crowd, uh, and then he wasn't wrestling consistently after that. And now he's had these, you know, this was his first televised match uh, since being back in this company. It was the third match since being back. He had the two house show matches against Dom, which is fine, but those are short, kind of nothing matches. He's older and. You know, these injuries are going to happen, but it does make it very tough to kind of do a long-term thing when you're wondering, oh, when is that injury going to happen next? Uh, but at the same time, you got to, when he does come back, you got to strike on things because you don't know when that injury is going to happen. So if Drew's there, you got to strike on the Drew match. Um, you know, if he can maintain to WrestleMania, you got to go ahead and strike on whatever the big WrestleMania match is. You don't know if you're going to get it next year wrestlemania with him yes and, and I, I agree with all that and i also <clears throat> think it's good for drew like if he's going to stay with the company they have that built in like that's a big return for punk to go after drew they set it up with drew attacking his arm and i'm i'm assuming that drew mcintyre is going to stay with the WWE. um that's my gut feeling you know for sure um i think you do great in AEW. i'm, I'm obviously i'm a huge drew mcintyre fan i i I've given him all the credit in the world for what he did during the pandemic with that title. And, and he's gotten nothing but better since then. Like it, right now he's at the, he's the best he's ever been. These memes on, on X are hilarious. <laughs> These like Jordan memes and stuff he's putting out yeah. on Punk, they're hilarious because it, it's one of two things. Either, either he actually hundred percent feels that way. And like, this is burning up at Punk having to see this. Cause what's CM Punk going to do? This is a lot this is a lot different than being an AEW and attacking the young bucks and jungle boy. Like you're dealing with, you're dealing with a different type of, of species when you're looking up at Drew McIntyre, who's twice your size. Um, but I also think that there's gotta be a level of respect there with one another. And punk is in on what's going on. Like they're, they're building a, they're building something on TV. I doubt it's just completely vindictive. Like it's completely, uh, you know, McIntyre just, you know, I, I'd imagine there's some sort of agreement there, but if there isn't, that's pretty hilarious because Punk's probably mauling over it if, they, if, he, if he has no say in this. But they, uh, I, they left it open. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I don't know if like Punk is like, yeah, do this, do that. I do think that Punk is okay with it or understands the game of it, and so Drew is going to lean in 
to to all of it because you know it's it's wrestling it's a work as long as you know both guys are relatively clued in on the work uh i don't but yeah punk i don't think it's gonna be an aw situation where he's just gonna keep seeing these memes and then he's gonna go scorched earth on on you know the whole company and certainly not drew mcintyre (laughs) yeah there's no i mean you're waiting for that just like punk well, to remember, step up I, won't, to Drew McIntyre. I won't name any names. Remember, we talked we talked to an indie guy once who did some extra work at AEW. He said CM Punk kind of sized him up backstage, and he was like, if I kick his ass right now, I'll get signed somewhere. <laughs> I won't mention who it was. Um, That's true. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was off the record. I won't mention who that was, but I we talked to a guy. Um anyway, um that I'll uh I'll leave it at that for for now. Uh I I once again I'm not gonna pile on. I I I, I hope that people understand by now, like with me, that I'm not, you can have your own opinions of me as like a wrestling fan and a Cody Mark and all this stuff. As a matter of fact, I enjoy the comments. I, lo- I love when people have seen the show for like the first time and they comment about like me being a giant Mark. I, I, I respond to those comments. I hardly ever respond to comments, but I'll respond to those. So if people are in the comments and you, you, you hate me, I'll definitely see it. And I'll, and I'm not going to stop you from doing it. I won't, I won't, I don't want to delete any of the comments. I'll leave them there. Um, the last guy called me a Mark and I asked if he meant, uh, if he was talking about, uh, Mark Calloway, professionally known as the undertaker or Mark Carano, I wasn't sure what Mark he was talking about. And he never answered me, unfortunately, but, but I hope you guys understand by now, like, I'm not, I'm not wishing injury on CM Punk. I'm not wishing like serious things to happen to people. Like this, I didn't want this. I wanted CM Punk versus Seth Rollins. I want Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. I want no reason to think that Seth Rollins is going to wrestle Cody at WrestleMania. So um, I stand with the CM Punk fans from that perspective of like, I I wish he was on WrestleMania. I wish he was made of any WrestleMania against Seth Rollins this year um, for a lot of reasons. And I'm not happy that he's hurt. That that would that sucks no matter who you are to be in that spot right now. Uh, we got some super chats. Uh, Tommy Maynard, always here, saying shout out to the show on Fightful. We appreciate Thanks, you, Tommy. Tommy. Thank you. Um, and then a, a couple things, sort of on topic, sort of off off topic um but andy says drew seth career versus title and braun on undefeated streak makes it next gen versus the the perfect wrestler gunther replaces punk in brock in terms of drama confidence in cody faces reigns and wins drew versus seth title versus career is interesting uh because i do think if you do drew versus seth assuming drew is resigned obviously drew should win that match um I, i think he can't lose to seth again They've already had him lose to him too many times. And I do think Drew, you know, getting his moment in front of fans, but he's the bad guy now is a is a cool little story. And then Braun Breaker reportedly got the Brock Lesnar spot at the Rumble. And I don't know if he's going to fully get the Brock Lesnar spot moving forward. But if he does, that's, uh, you know, him and Gunther would be something. And I, I like it. I think at some point you gotta you got to make a guy. Yeah. A, and Braun Breaker is a guy you could very easily make. And they did their best to make him at the Rumble, but it's wasted if he's just back in NXT. He's at Vengeance Day on Sunday and part of the Dusty Classic. But I I would have no problem him coming up and, and facing Gunther and honestly beating Gunther for the title. Maggie just DM me something I think is pretty funny. She thinks that I'm enjoying this punk stuff. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not happy he's injured. I promise you. Um, she's like, smiles as otherwise, Jensen. 
I'm not happy he's hurt. I promise you guys I'm not happy. I'm not happy that anyone gets hurt. I want to make that really clear. Um, I just think the whole thing is just like incredibly ironic. And it's really more like the punk fans that I'm like, when he got signed to WWE, how many of us, including myself, were like, just wait, he, he will get hurt. I mean, he kept getting hurt in AEW. Like, it's probably going to happen. It's just like, I kind of saw it coming, but I didn't want that to, I didn't want that to happen. Um, but no, I agree with everything about that super chat. Um, I think that a Braun Breaker would be the right guy, probably. I mean, you can really make a new star by having Braun Breaker beat Gunther at WrestleMania for that Intercontinental title. They did a great job with him at, at the Royal Rumble, like you said. Um, my only nitpick is they got like five people on the roster doing spears that has like finishes and stuff. Like maybe change that. Yeah, up but no, nah, they better tell everybody else to change up their spear because his yeah, spear is better best. than all of them. Yeah, Braun, Braun's the best. Braun's the best. Oh, Maggie, Maggie said, Wait, I just told you to tell your face. Oh, my. yeah, your face does say something different than your words. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on, guys. Do people really think that I'm that messed up? That no, I, was... I don't think anybody really thinks that. Really, a lot of a lot of time when I'm smiling, it's kind of coping too. Because in the back of my mind, I'm like, they're gonna screw over Cody, aren't they? Like, I like I think that y'all are seeing that on my face. Honestly, is like as I'm talking about this, I'm like, this is gonna screw up Cody. Just watch. Um, but anyways, I, yeah, we'll we'll see. The the we're not gonna talk about the Brock Lesnar stuff, but like I think it's probably pretty smart if like he's not gonna be on TV. Braun Breakers. You know what I mean? You can kind of plug and play with that a little bit and be like, well, he's pretty somewhere in certain ways, like presentation wise. Like you make like a new, a new animal or a new beast kind of character out of Braun Breaker right away and pretty much give him that spot. I, I think that makes sense. They've been wanting to make Braun Breaker a guy for a long time. This, it kind of a, just kind of a, a coincidence that like, you know, the timing's just really good as far as for Braun, where it's like, okay, well, they might they might not have had these plans right now to do this, but like now is the time to pull the trigger and he's the right guy to do it, probably. So uh Tommy's saying Tim Punk gets a better grief. Can y'all believe I did that? Yes, Phil. Yes, if we can. You used to do it from the top rope every night twenty years ago. It's true. Good point. It's true. Uh and Cody says, Does Trick Williams win on Sunday at Vengeance Day? I don't think so. I think Carmelo cost them. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I'll say Carmelo cost them also. I haven't watched enough NXT to make like an educated decision on it. Although I do know, I've heard the trick has gotten very over. And, yeah, he's um, super over. And if you guys go back and listen to like old episodes of The Weekender, when Trick Williams started on uh, Level Up, I was even saying back then, because I've always liked Carmelo Hayes. I knew about him as uh, Christian Casanova on the Indies. And he's always been like really talented. But I was even saying on the weekender, like just as recently as maybe like, or as long back as maybe a couple of years ago, when I, when I saw the two of them together, I was like, Trick Williams will probably be the one, like everyone's kind of talking about Carmelo right now, but Trick with his size and everything, his charisma, like once he puts it together, he's going to be massive. And like, it looks like that's what's happening. So I'm glad, I, I think both guys have super bright futures, Carmelo and Trick, but I don't, I don't think that Trick, I, the other thing is I love Ilya Dragunov. So, like, it's kind of a win-win scenario for me as a fan. I don't want people to think we are ignoring uh, everything that happened with with Vince, the lawsuit, and stepping down. I've done multiple shows oh. talking about it. So, yeah. I, people, again, I, I've been on In the Weeds Friday, In the Weeds Monday. We spent basically those entire shows talking about that. Uh, but Jensen, if, if you did have wanted to, to comment on yeah. anything again, I don't want thing, anybody to think that like, Oh, like, not like ducking that. it. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. going to be positive. Everybody like it's, it's not a, 
it's not a story you ignore. Like, right. Like, well, some horrible shit. When I don't want to take away from, like, like the wrestlers that have anything to do with this, or from, like, the negative side. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want this to be a giant black cloud on everything that, like, we're, like, that you love about the WWE. You know what I mean? And this is going for somebody who's, I mean, I'm defending the WWE right now. Like, that's kind of crazy. I'm not even, like, a, I barely ever really watch the product anymore. But, like, I'll say as far as, like, the Vince stuff, I'll, I'll make it pretty short because I know we have other stuff to talk about. But, like, I think it kind of goes without saying. Obviously, he had to go. Like, duh. Vince, like, if, if even one of the thousand things he's being accused of, even if one of those things is true, he's done. And we, we know about, what, like, two to three million dollars worth of, like, now, like, the 15 million or whatever he's paid out. Like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And if there's anyone else including Triple H that was involved in this, that knew about this, they need to go too. If I was the WWE, honestly, I'd probably wipe my, myself of, of anything that had to do with the McMahon family, honestly, if it was me. That includes Triple H. And I, I think that the way the Triple H handled the press conference was terrible. I give massive credit, not that they need it from me, but I give massive credit to John Alba, to, to Cam Hawkins, to Brandon Thurston, to these guys who who asked Triple H the, the questions that are, I mean, the, the questions that needed to be asked. And the fact that Triple H didn't even have, like, the fact that he claimed he hadn't even read the lawsuit is, that's insane. If, if that, if I was Nick Khan and I heard that, he'd be gone that night. Because it's like, either you're lying, which is, like, which is, there's no way he hasn't read it or how to, a lawyer hasn't, I mean, there's no, he's he's all over it. His wife's all, his, his, his father-in-law, the, the, his, the, the, his, the grandfather to, to his kids, like, they're, there's no way he's ignorant to what's going on. So, I mean, if you can't talk about it, you need to have an answer more along the lines of like, I'm very aware of what you're talking about. We are looking into it. We're doing everything we can to make sure people are safe as information comes in. But like, it's being, it's being handled, you know, like you got to say something other than, well, you know, it's the greatest week in company history and, you know, the gate's great and the merch sales are great and Cody's face of the company and Jordan Grace came in and TNA relationship and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, but the biggest news ever happened and it's your father-in-law. What do you, like, you're just gonna have to, you haven't, so I, I mean, I, I, I can't sit here and say Triple H was involved or he knew anything about it. If he's innocent, I don't want him gone. If he's innocent, I, I don't think that's fair to him. But my, my, thing is when stephanie was coming and going from that company the way that she was based on like when vince was around and when he wasn't there's no way possible that you haven't asked your wife at least once like what's going on why do you keep leaving the, like what's what's like why are you like why are you leaving this company why why do you why does it involve vince why why are we not voting this guy back in blah 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 so i don't want to get too heated on that and i actually talked about it quite a bit on the weekender so if you want more thoughts on this i, I did i did address it for about 20 minutes or so on the weekender okay. But that, that's, that's honestly how I feel about it. Like, I feel like probably everybody else does. Like, if Vince absolutely had to go, Laurinaitis, done. If Brock's involved, done. Any other wrestlers that were involved, done. Any higher-ups that were involved, done. There's no, there's no place for it in the WWE. And the fact that Cody had to answer that question, I'm not going to sit here and pile on to Nick Hausman, but that wasn't Cody's question to have to answer to begin with. And he answered it way better than Triple H did. And that's pathetic. I do think the way Nick asked it was fair to Cody. I agree. But I don't think it was fair to ask. I don't think that was Cody should have had to even he should. That's not his question to have to answer, but he is one of the few people that has the EVP experience and he's known Vince for a long time. And he's the, he's the, the, the head of the locker room at this point. And 
I understand from that from that perspective. But once again, like the fact that Cody could answer the question to some degree and Triple H couldn't, that's pretty telling to me. Yeah. Uh, Will says, is it safe to say Trick and Mello is 2024 HBK Kevin Nash? Like how HBK was the guy, but Nash got over like crazy. Like how Mello is the guy, Trick is crazy over. I think that was the dynamic they were always going for with those two. And now they're really playing this out slow, burning it. Cause I feel like this should have wrapped up a while ago. I think and assume it'll wrap up on Sunday. Um, we shall see on yeah. that. And guys, if you, if you guys want my thoughts on the, all the event stuff, again, I've done about four hours talking about it on, on other platforms on, on another show. So you can watch that. I, I echo uh, a, a lot of what Jensen said though. Is there anything that you disagree with that you think I'm out of pocket on? no no we had we had john alba on the show on monday um to talk about kind of triple h's answers the the media role and things like that i I, i've said like whoever knew has to go Uh, you know people i talked about triple h's answers um everything that that he's alleged doing is horrific and disgusting and there's 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 no place in that WWE any place like there this stuff should not happen and it's a it's a shame that a powerful man held this over this woman and took advantage of her because she was clearly in a based on the allegations not in a good spot after everything that happened to her and she was preyed upon and you know I've listened to her lawyer speak about things as well um you know none of it none of it's good and we will see what happens moving forward with everything. I hope this continues to get pressured. You know, Slim Jim's pulled out, and that's when they were like, okay, well, Vince is gone, and then Slim Jim got back in. It's like, all right, you did something, but are we going to see more? Is this going to continue? Oh, I hope it I hope it does. I hope, like, people really get taken to task over this, and we, we learn more. I don't want want to learn so much more about the details because they're they're honestly again horrific um but i don't want this to just be oh they've settled she got a bunch of money moving on because that's kind of what happened the first time and then we now all of this has come out so i hope people really really pay for this you know the people who knew the people who tried who never said anything and i did i was trying to be fair to some some of the staff i can understand if you are a camera person and you're shown these pictures why you don't say anything you were probably in fear of your job the same way she was in fear of things obviously much worse situation that happened to her i'm just talking about the fear aspect right. of things you know you're the you're low on the totem pole and vince is like bragging about this kind of stuff you might not want to say anything because like, oh, I'm going to get fired over this. I don't want to get fired over this. Yeah. I I get that. I'm not saying those people are right. I can get the fear aspect of that. But that still means if they knew, they have to go. Sorry. Like, right. anybody who didn't speak up probably has to go. Yeah, I'm with you. We're on the same page, for sure. A um, couple things. Uh, Tommy saying, I, I don't see Brock coming back. I don't either, honestly. I don't. Yeah. Uh, Unless there's something, some wild change in, you know, evidence or the story or something, I, 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 which I don't expect, you know, I don't, I don't think Brock will be back. Yeah. Um, and Andy says picking Seth over Reigns makes Cody looks like a coward. No, yes. hundred percent. That's why I don't think he's going to do it. Yeah. And it makes 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. You're right. And Tommy also says, Cody chooses Reigns to redeem the WWE title from what Roman has done, uh, wins the belt for his family, is defended often for the prestige and fans. That's the point that uh, I made on Monday or Wednesdays in the weeds is like, okay, Seth is saying like, this is the Hollywood title. This is the title, the politic, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's how Roman is using it. That doesn't mean that's how Cody is going to use the title. Cody can win it and defend it and make it the workhorse title. Like just because this man uses it like this has no bearing on what this man is going to do. Yes. Um, he's got to bring back that winged Eagle. He's kind of teased that. So yeah, yeah, let's, uh, let's go to the AEW spotlight. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. Last night's show ended with Swerve Strickland defeating Rob Van Dam in a hardcore match. The match was picked by Hangman Page in the Dealer's Choice match. And then it was announced, Swerve and Hangman 3 for next week. They're loading up next week's show, Jensen. They got Swerve and Hangman 3. They got Sting and Darby challenging for the tag team titles. And they got Tony Khan with a big announcement. But Swerve and Hangman 3, the winner, gets a shot at Samoa Joe an AW world title at revolution. What are you thinking on this one? Whew. So big dynamite coming up. We'll have, we'll have a lot to talk about next Thursday. Um, I'm going <laughs> to say for Swerve and hangman three, man, I feel like Swerve's got to win. Like he just, the momentum has been storyline wise. You would think it'd be hangman because he's down two Oh, but like the crowd wants Swerve. Swerve's made it clear, and he's made it clear even specifically, like he wants to be the first black AEW champion. Like, and obviously Hangman can't accomplish that. So it's like, I, I think that I just feel like you got to go Swerve. Like, and you don't want you don't want the momentum to like fade either. Like people stop believing in him because like he loses or something. You know, I just I don't know. I feel like my my mind like wrestling wise is thinking hangman because it's match three and he's lost twice and hangman still is one of the top people in that company and i could i could see him becoming the aw world champion again i think it would make sense depending on how they do it but i personally my 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 heart i guess is like you got this opportunity with swerve i would keep this momentum going i'd have swerve win uh dave saying time limit draw which is possible we had another uh, black tom says uh time limit draw so a couple time limit draw votes i could see that and be a half hour which uh is obviously more doable than a hour considering all they've announced for this show because they've again pretty stacked this show next week i could see them doing a time limit half hour draw and then you get a triple threat match i've always thought that triple threat match was the way to go and you know they're not going to do the wwe trope of Hey, here's an interference. Now it's a triple threat match because, you know, you, uh, we never got a winner type of thing. Um, I think Tom McDraw could make sense from that perspective. If, if they get a winner, um, yeah, if, if they get a winner, then I'm leaning towards it being Hangman just because I don't know if he's going to lose three straight to swerve. I, I have a tough time thinking he's going to lose three to swerve but i'm not against it mind you maybe swerve's just that guy he can't beat he just and this is where i think the time limit draw can actually come into play you do a triple threat match hangman pins joe to win the title and then swerves the immediate first challenger 
and then is like, okay, you didn't beat me in that singles match. We went to a draw. You didn't pin me at this pay per view. You pin that. You pin Joe. You still can't beat me. Like I still got you. And then you can do swerve and hangman. It's almost a transitional thing for hangman, which I can understand people not fully liking. Or maybe hangman is the guy who he beats swerve in that title match. And swerve, unfortunately for him, might just have to might just have to wait. I think that might be a mistake because he's got a lot of momentum and he's really over right now. But I don't know. Like they got Osprey coming in. They got potentially Okada coming in. You got guys in line who are going to be at that top of that card. Yeah. And I, I like I like all the scenarios you just laid out. Um, I think that I'm sold on the idea of a triple threat now. I think that's actually I hadn't even considered that. I think although we had, I think you had brought that idea up before on the yeah. show. Um but yeah, however they get to that, maybe time on the draw is the right way to do that. You get to a triple threat and then um whenever Swerve becomes whenever Swerve becomes the champion again, or if Hangman ever wins the title again, you have it built in where it's like like you're saying, like the, the third match, there was never really a winner. So you kind of have a little meat on the bone left for like, if one of them has the title to revisit that as a title match that people will be really invested in already because of their history. Um, so I'm going to go with that. Actually, that's going to be my, my prediction. Now I think there's, it will be a time limit draw of some kind, like it'll time limit draw some sort of finish where like both guys wind up in the triple threat. Um, and then just really quickly, cause you mentioned it. Um, I think Sting and Darby will, will win the tag titles also. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's almost a foregone conclusion that Sting and Darby are winning the tag team titles. That they're not going to have Sting and Darby lose before Sting's last match, unless Sting's going to win his last match, which I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I think Young Bucks are going to win the titles. And uh, it also just shout out RVD still looking great out there against Swerve last night. Hardcore match, very much ECW, very right up his alley. It was kind of random that we were way off on our, well, totally on a way we weren't that off on. We chose Brian Cage. Um, once, once Hangman said on Saturday, like, I'm going to make you wait for the whole effing show. It's like, oh, okay, well, it's fan. It's fan. Dad. Right. But like on Thursday, we were like, yeah, that wasn't even on our radar. No, um, no. But, uh, but no, it worked out good. I'm, I'm still a Rob Van Dam fan. So good to see him out there. Um, it's on a spotlight, but do you have any thoughts on Tony Khan's big announcement since our next show, the announcement will have been made? No, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't even want to speculate. I think it's, uh, Mercedes, not, mm. not we've signed Mercedes. Like they're going to announce a big event for, to basically tell you it's Mercedes more, same, very similar to punk. They, you know, their events schedule is not filled at all. They're going to announce a big show in Boston and call it March Monet or something. Just to basically be like, hey, wink, nod, it's Mercedes. That's what I think it is. Yeah. That's a good guess. That's, a lot, that's what a lot of people have said. This is not like reinventing the wheel. But if you followed me and you've been paying attention to all the shows that I've been on, I've been saying this for a while now. I've, I've been saying this for a while of how the Mercedes debut was going to come together. Uh, my AW spotlights is the uh, trios elimination cage match on Saturday's AW collision between FTR, Danny Garcia and house of black. I thought this match was fantastic. Got very much lost in the shuffle because of everything going on in WWE. Uh, but if you've not watched this, that was the best match from the weekend. Uh, certainly better than anything on the rumble. 
And, you know, I really love what they're doing with Daniel Garcia. That's a guy who can be a star for them and for him to, you know, win this match in the the way he did uh, to not carry FTR, but hopefully people understand what I mean when I say that. I think you got to go really full bore with Daniel Garcia in the the coming months and, and, and put a title on him or something. Right now, like all the faces, all the champions are like faces, all the singles champions. Um, but I love what they're doing with Garcia. What'd you think of this match? Yeah, this was awesome. Uh, the, the finish, especially with like Julia Hart. Um, we know, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Julia missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was smart with the, the, cause like the end, there's like the two tables on the outside and, I'm trying to remember who all because I watched this the other day. Like someone maybe was that da- I can't remember. Someone from FGR goes through the first table. Two people, they're both on that, like they're both on the outside of the cage. And the idea was it was Garcia and someone in the ring still. Malachi. Malachi. But someone was on the outside of the cage, like trying Everybody. to climb back in. Oh, buddy. 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 Was. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that's so that's that I was getting with six people. I was trying to remember who was where. So Buddy, it was smart because Buddy was going to try to climb back in the cage to make it two-on-one. So it'd be easier for House of Black to just leave together. And when he went up, that's when he got thrown into, and he also went through the table. Um, Garcia's face covered in the mist was like a really cool visual. Um, And them getting the win was big too. Like, you know, the celebration and everything. I think that... uh, I mean, I've said it before. I I was a big fan of Daniel Garcia's indie run for sure, you know, and everything he was doing on IWTV and everything pre-AEW. So I've been one of those, like, pushed into Garcia guys since the second he showed up. I thought he should have been in the combat club and everything. Like, but I like where he's where he's at now. And the fans seem to be behind him. Um, so I'm with you 100% on, on that assessment as well. Like, Dana Garcia should definitely be one of their guys for the future. Or even the present. Like, he's, he's already, like, there. So... Uh, I'm Jeff Fellow driver says, I thought I would hate the stipulation. They actually made it work. They did because, uh, escape the cage is, is tough, especially right. elimination style. And I do think this is where they not fumbled it, but like, I think it was Dax who was like exiting and then Brody King like launched himself on into Dax. And then they both ended up, uh, being knocked off the cage. Like just let them leave. And then you got three on two and then you just beat up. I would have just thrown cash outside too. I'm like, now it's three on one. And right. now we can just easily beat up Garcia and then just escape it ourselves. We'll just all leave together. And that'll be that. Um, it, it is tough to do like an elimination escape the cage uh, deal like that, because why wouldn't you just let your opponent leave? And then you have the numbers advantage, but they, they did the best they could yes. with it. Yeah, I agree. And it's all, that's always, that's just an overall kind of like concept almost like error. Like I understand the drama in like climbing the cage and trying to escape the cage and stuff. Like that's the whole point. But realistically speaking, the cage should be there to, to keep people from like, you kind of look like a coward when you're trying to leave the match. Like it's kind of backwards. Um, so when you have six people doing it, but what, like you said, I think the way that they booked it, it worked out really well. It was a great match. Yeah. Um, a couple super chats. Uh, Tommy manager says Joe, Joe, Joe. And he also says, could hangman win, lose to Joe and hangman and swerve goes best of seven. Uh, seems to me that they want Joe as champ for a while. Keep the animosity burning. I wouldn't burn through seven hangman and swerve matches. Like they're already doing three uh, in 
a relatively short amount of time. I mean, in like eight months or so, given when that first one was. First one was Wrestle Dream. That was October. October, November, December, January, February. Five months. So less than that. Yeah, they're doing three matches in five months. I wouldn't go through another seven matches. That's a long-term feud that you don't need to go through quickly like that. Yeah, uh, I agree. Our, our, other our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Kazuchika Okada, officially a free agent. Jensen, you think he's think he's going to WWE? My, oh man. It makes you think that was like the whole pro wrestling tees store shutting down. Yeah, uh, they did that with Jay White though. Yeah, they did. And, and like, there's still like CM Punk still has one. I think there's another WWE guy that might still have one. It's, it's a might. New Japan thing. It's simply just New Japan. Yeah. They can't sell New Japan merchandise. So he's out of New Japan. So that's why that portion is shutting down. It's it's all a New Japan thing, guys. Don't read too much into it. The only thing, if, I, if I'm if i anyone, this goes for Okada or anyone else, I would kind of want to see how things play out with the whole management and WWE stuff for a minute before like I want to sign because I want to know like who's going to be in charge like what's actually going on over there and stuff like that um but like if that wasn't a factor I would personally like to see Okada probably in WWE just because like I think in AEW he'd had the 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 best matches like consistently and like it would like as a wrestling fan I would love to see that but just because of like what he became in New Japan, like arguably the, the top star in that company's history, if presented correctly on WWE television, he could be just like this massive, you know, international star that he just wouldn't be able to be in, in AEW. And I just think it'd be interesting to see him get that opportunity and see if they actually went all the way with him. Um, so as like a wrestling purist fan, I'd rather see him in AEW because of the match like catalog I think he put together. But given where he is on in his career and what I think they could do with him in the WWE, it's similar to Jade Cargo in like certain ways. Where like I think the main reason Jade went to WWE is because she wants to be a bigger star, not just in wrestling, but like in everything. She just wants to be a star. And if that's what Okada wants, that's WWE is the place to do that. Um, so my gut feeling is that he's going to WWE, even though he already has a relationship with Tony mm-hmm. and AEW. But I think it'd be well. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I'm really. I waffle on this a lot because I think it's most likely he actually goes to AEW, but like I selfishly in this weird way want to see how he'd do in the WWE. I I think he's going to AEW. I'm with you though. I I'm always more curious as to what people look like in a different system. Uh we've seen him in AEW. I generally know what that looks like, and it's not bad. He's gonna have great matches, he's gonna be presented well, um, he's gonna be treated well. I'm very curious of like what he actually looks like in WWE and how they present him and how they treat him. Like, do they almost go with like a Nakamura presentation? I'm talking Nakamura, like NXT presentation when he first came in, but on the grand WWE scale, because triple H seems to appreciate that more than, than Vince did, or do they do something different? It'd be the same thing. And I hope people don't think like, Oh, well, you know, you just want him to go to WWE for, because he hasn't been there, whatever. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is reportedly possibly going to be a free agent. I'd like to see him in AEW because I would like to see what that presentation looks like. I'm always going to be of the mind of like, I want to see this guy in a different system. I know what he looks like here. I don't know what he looks like there. I want to see what he looks like there. I think that's more fun, at least for me. Yeah, I'm with you. So 
I, I think it's a win-win for everyone, whether he winds up in AEW or WWE. It's Okada. He's, it's, it's just cool to see him do a, just a change of scenery. Like we've seen him a little bit in AEW, like you mentioned, but um, this is, it's wild that he's actually leaving New Japan after all these years and in the position he's had. So um, he deserves a credit for that because that, that takes balls also. Like he's been, he's in a position for life as like their guy and walked away from that. So, I mean, that's the thing. The last time he, he, he went and, and tried to, you know, this wasn't his, this was years ago and it was not really his choice, but I mean, we're not going to forget the whole TNA excursion experience. I mean, yeah. obviously that's not going to happen to him now, but it's just like the last time he tested the waters, it went the opposite of good. Um, but I think now, obviously, he's going to have the negotiating power and stuff, too, to like, you know, he's going to be able to choose a good a good spot for himself, I think. And the, whoever company gets him is going to be very, very happy with it, I'm sure. The other other spotlight, Jordan Grace, TNA Knockouts champion, entered the Royal Rumble. She was number five. She lasted about just under 20 minutes, got eliminated by Bianca Belair. What'd you make of uh, Jordan Grace making a pretty big uh, surprise appearance in the Rumble? Absolutely loved it. Um, I've been a Jordan Grace fan forever. The first time I saw her wrestle was in the Nashville Fairgrounds. Um, this was probably like 2018 or something. And I, I remember back then even, I was just very impressed with like her strength, her agility. And since then she's had this whole like transformation physically. And like, she just, she just super inspiring and super impressive. Um, I've, I've been calling for her to become the, the, the world champion in TNA for a while or impact before it rebranded. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want to see her even as just the, I say just the knockout champion, the knockout championship's a great title, but she's held it multiple times. Like, yeah, I think she, she has all the tools to be the world champion. If, if, if Tessa Blanchard had the tools to be the world champion, absolutely. Jordan Grace does. And that's how highly I think of Jordan. Like she's world champion material, regardless of gender. And to see her in the Royal Rumble was awesome. Um, and she fit in. She felt like a glove with those women. Like she came out and she looked like she belonged there. And she absolutely does. And same with Jade. We didn't mention Jade as the spotlight. But like, you know, Jade, Jade basically scoop slammed Nia Jax with one arm out of the ring. I mean, no matter who you are and who you're doing, like that is so impressive to be able to do that. Like, so, I you know... <laughs> I, I love seeing the, the debuts in the women's rumble, but specifically Jordan Grace. Like I didn't see that coming. Cause I, you know, I was able to stay pretty much spoiler free on the rumble. So when she came out, I heard the, the siren and I was like, no way. You know what I mean? Like, and, um, and, and, and I think it leaves the, the door open potentially for like, you know, like Ivy Nile and her kind of went face to face. And if like Ivy Nile maybe went to TNA for like a match or something like, you know, just kind of how Charlie Dempsey went to all Japan, like, Maybe you can you can do a little bit. I know Triple H like kind of laughed off the idea of the forbidden door or whatever, but he basically said he's gonna try to have a relationship to some degree with some of these companies. I think I think that Jordan Grace being on the show opens the door up for certain stuff. And I know Mickey James had done it previously, but like Mickey James had been on WWE TV previously for years and years and years. Jordan Grace never has. This was a, a true debut as the TNA champion. So um yeah, I absolutely loved it. I, I'm a huge Jordan Grace fan. You have been touting that Jordan Grace should win the world championship for, for a while, um, for a long time. Viewers, uh, I thought she looked great. I don't think that it's going to lead to much more, if I'm being honest. I don't think it'd be cool if um, they did like some type of tag team match at the very least, because you're going to get into the political thing of like, even if it's Natalia 
Natalia ain't taking a loss in TNA. So it a tag team match might make the most sense where Jordan can team with Natalia to face two people on the impact roster and then they win in that way. But I just don't think you're going to see a singles match because I don't think WWE wants any of their talent, even if they're not big on WWE television, taking a loss on TNA television. I just don't think they want that. I, yeah, you're, you're probably right. Yeah, but, but yeah, love, love Jordan. <laughs> also, once again, y'all know, I love Jade Cargill. I love seeing both those women out there. They both rule. Indie spotlight. I'm going to give a big mother fucking shout out. Top dollar, AJ Francis against Joey Janela. This happened at GCW. Uh, look at me on Friday night. What do you think of this match? Janela won. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember what he did, though. I remember the match. I remember watching the match. He put up through a door. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Janela. Janela top dollar. I mean, top dollar. Good, it's good seeing him kind of outside the WWE. He's doing great stuff in TNA. That Joe Henry stuff, I think, is hilarious. Um, He's still ducking me, though, on a rap battle. I'm trying to rap battle top dollar. I would love to see that. Yeah, I'd smoke him. That's why he's that's why he's ducking me. He's ducking. Well yeah. we gotta we gotta blow him off on social media and make that happen. Um But yeah, I mean Joey Janelle, we've we talk about it all the time. Like he's the right guy. Like if you're fresh off the WWE or you're um like you're like Andrade, like kinda in between or like whatever, or you're oh, Abushi. Abushi, or if you're Ricky Morton or PCO or you know, X Pac, like Janelle is going to be that guy. And that's actually my biggest takeaway wasn't even the match with top dollar itself. It was over the weekend, how Janela made it clear that he wants to go after the world championship. Um, and he, like, he, it looks like he might be the guy to the throne, like Christian for the GCW title. Um, so um, I guess I'll say that, you know, like it's good to see top dollar in GCW. I hope he does more in the company going forward. Cause like, he's got good heat and he does, he did good spots. Like he, he does a spot where he like, he does like the running, like, like face wash, like Samoa Joe, but yeah. he tumbles over the top rope. Like how he like got memed on for tumbling <laughs> over the top, but he has, he's like incorporated that into an actual move, which I think is really clever. Um, he's leading into it, which I think, you know, that's great. He has a sense um, of humor about this. Yeah. I love that. I love that. He seems like a good dude. Um, so, um, still but yeah, <laughs> but wait, what did you say? He isn't? No, I said still a coward. Oh, still a coward. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, but I also think it's worth keeping your, y'all's eyes on. Joey Janela is still technically the, uh, the extreme champion in GCW, but that really depends on whether or not he can find his title belt. And that's not even a shoot. Like he, when he loses the, the physical belt, like he just doesn't defend the title. When he remembers to bring it to the show, he defends it. Um, but the, uh, I think Janelle will probably be the guy to beat Blake Christian eventually for the GCW World Title. That's at least how they're making me feel right now. Uh, and also, Effie and Mance Warner was on this show. Uh, yeah, that. But they're that was a that was a no contest. They're yeah, going to yeah. keep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna keep that feud going. But I like the feuds. I like more indie feuds happening on indie indie television. I know it happens uh, for various promotions. GCW. Uh, a lot of times it can just be dream match after dream match and you get stories kind of lost. Effie and Mance having an actual story. I really like. Um, and Jensen, your indie spotlight is Killdozer winning the I- ICW American Deathmatch World Championship. Yes. Um, so Killdozer, also known as Matt Tremont, um, he defeated, um, why am I blanking on his name right now, on Hoodfoot. 
Um, you defeated and Hoodfoot had been the champion for like the better part of the year and a better part of a year, I should say. Um, Hoodfoot's a guy who like, I watched him for years also. And whether it's like when he was with paradigm doing like the UWFI style rules matches, like which are way more like MMA based or just like a straight up wrestling match or as a tag team with the lost boys and those guys, um, he's always worked really well in any system he's like, or any style of wrestling he's done. But ever since really diving into the deathmatch scene, Hoodfoot has been like, in my opinion, Hoodfoot has been the best. There's arguments that can be made for certain guys. Like John Wade Murdoch's always been way up there and stuff. Uh, Tremont and stuff. But like, for my money, Hoodfoot's been my favorite deathmatch wrestler over the last year. And Killdozer getting that win over him. And, and I mean, because Killdozer, it's hard to explain if you haven't been following along, but he's just made this big transformation from Matt Tremont to Killdozer and him and Cruel are aligned. And now, you know, Cruel's got the IWTV championship. Killdozer's got the ICW American Deathmatch title. Um, so they're becoming more and more powerful, like these like monsters. And uh, Killdozer's finish is a, a tongue and death grip choke slam, which is pretty sweet. Um, I've always been a big Ming fan. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I wanted to, Shout out Killdozer today, new ICW American Deathmatch champion, um, dethroning Hoodfoot, who had had the title for. Let me see if I can find uh, his title. I'm on Cage Match. Let me let me pull it up. ICW American Deathmatch Championship. Hoodfoot held the title for 301 days. I mean, that's a hell of a run. Um, so Killdozer, uh, just another another title to add to to the list for Matt Tremont. Um, if you pull up his Cage Match, I mean, it's just all the way down of uh you know title belts for years and years and years so um yeah shout out to killdozer for becoming the icw american deathmatch world champion and fancy find that on iwtv yes iwtv use code fight talk there you go uh jensen and you gotta run let everybody know where they can find you at yes i gotta not only gotta run and clock in for the shoot job i gotta work overtime today so i'm gonna be nice and exhausted at the end of today um (laughs) but uh thanks for, for watching everybody uh, you can follow me on X at fight talk underscore and, uh, uh, listen to the weekender podcast over on fightfulselect.com. It's every Sunday, sometimes on Mondays. Um, but yeah, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy did the interview this week. He'll uh, tell you all about it and I'm going to go and get on, get on out of here. Good seeing you, Jeremy. Good seeing chat. Hope y'all have a great Thursday. Appreciate you. As always, Jensen, we will see everybody next week or Jensen. will see everybody next week. I'll be back on all these other channels, uh, throughout the week guys. Let's get into the creator spotlight. I had the opportunity to speak with Tom Lawler, Tom Lawler of from MLW. He's going to be in action during the MLW TV tapings for super fight this weekend against Matthew justice. Uh, really fun interview with Tom. We did just over 20 minutes. Um, Tom Lawler is a guy who I've, I've been a fan of for, for a while, uh, from his MMA days when he was doing the, the, the fun entrances and in, in, in MMA and, and on ultimate fighter and everything. So there we go, everybody in the creator spotlight, Tom Lawler. Welcome everyone to the Creator Spotlight here on Fightful. I'm Jeremy Lambert and I'm joined today by a name you know, a man who's been on the channel a few times. He's usually talking to the, that other guy, Sean Ross but you know, the, the B squad here on Fightful. Now you're talking with the A team here. He is filthy Tom Waller on behalf of MLW. He's going to be competing this weekend at MLW Super Fight February 3rd. He's taking on Matthew Justice as part of the television tapings. Tom, how you doing, man? I can't complain. I mean, if I was going to, I'm sure it's not something you want to hear. So I guess for all intents and purposes, good. I've answered that question so many times in my life. I don't even know what to say anymore. 
I mean, you you do I the pie. Somebody was all. Somebody asked me yesterday, and I just said, "You know what? Terrible." <laughs> what? Nah, it's fine. Uh, you do a, you do podcasts with with Brian all the time. Uh, I know you just you do a lot of interviews and a lot of media. Do you get tired of like the intro is always like, "How you doing today, Tom?" And you just really want to just be like, "You know what? Today's actually kind of sucked, man." Well, you. Ha- I mean, I understand you have to say something, right? Like, there has to be some sort of introduction, some sort of icebreaker. Uh, you don't want to make it awkward when you see anyone whether it's on a podcast or in just day-to-day life, that's usually the first thing you say. So it's natural. So it's more like awkward for me because I don't have a good answer. You know what I mean? I've been asked this question so many times and I still fail 40 years later to have a a reasonable answer ready to go every time when I know it's coming. So like, it's more embarrassing for me. Just go through like your entire day. Like, you know what? Today I woke up, <laughs> ate breakfast, had bacon, had eggs, had a bowl of cereal on the side, did this, did that, and just, just make it as long as possible going through your entire day. And then then maybe people will stop asking, how you doing today? What'd you do today? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're quite monotonous. <laughs> uh, the first question I have to ask is is uh, earlier this year at the MLW show, your trunks. I noticed that they, they had a Chuck Liddell look to them. It, was that a Chuck Liddell homage, those trunks? Yeah, 100%. Uh, Do you remember the trunks I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I I know exactly because I had to order them and I had to say, hey, I want the Iceman style (laughs) trunks. If you take a look, um, the ones that you're mentioning, Josh Bishop uh, was also in that match and he had on some flame styled gear. So we were going back to the old days of the Iceman and the bad boy, Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell. So... Oh, that's that, on that me. Was the, that was the throwback. Now, <clears throat> we had multiple people say, hey, I loved your fire and ice trunks. <laughs> and it never once occurred to me. Never once. And I well, I was probably a fan of fire and ice, Scott Norton, Ice Train, more than most back in the mid-90s. But uh, that was an homage to the to Chuck Odell and uh, Tito Ortiz. I noticed the the Chuck Liddell part of that me. That's my that's my favorite fighter. Um, the Ortiz one I missed though. Oh, and I'm I'm mad I missed that because Bishop he's been on our show a few times, and so I should have I should have immediately recognized that. Yeah, that's he needs like he needs a beanie with the flames on it to really yeah over the top. But uh, <laughs> he was once known as the Miller Beach Bad Boy in Black Label Pro Wrestling. Uh, apparently Miller beach is some awful beach up in that area, but, uh, he's, he's kind of throwing it back to those days now. Well, now he's just McStiffy. That's what, at least that's what he calls himself <laughs> out there. Um, my, my co-host w- wanted me to ask, he couldn't join us today, but he wanted me to ask what's it been like working with, uh, Josh Bishop and bringing him along to, it's kind of a television setting. Yeah. I've been working with Josh for years, I guess. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I was at his first match uh, when he debuted in AIW years ago. So I've seen him go from uh, a young, spry little boy who was, you know, man-sized to now an almost man, double man-sized boy uh, in AIW and all across the country for various independent promotions now in MLW. Um, I think Josh Bishop is one of these guys who's the future of wrestling. He reminds me 
of the the you know I'm sure plenty of people say this, but the closest thing to me that he is is like an amalgamation of Sid and Mike Awesome. If you if they had a child, which would be quite disgusting, probably <laughs> the uh, the consummation of Josh Bishop. But uh, that's kind of what he reminds me of, and like he brings a level of intensity that you rarely see in pro wrestling nowadays. And, you know, I just, I can't wait to see what, if he really truly becomes a master and ruler of this world, like he could be. We've talked to him about the Sid comparisons. Like, why wouldn't I want to be compared to Sid? Sid was fantastic. And then he got the sign off from uh, Masato Tanaka when he faced Tanaka. He's like, you remind me of Mike awesome when I faced him. And he was, yeah. uh, he popped big for that one. Uh, getting the sign off from from Tanaka the modern day gladiator yeah, yeah. Josh Bishop <laughs> we, we love Bishop again he's been on our show uh, a handful of times and he's always been very great uh very kind he's a us. bonehead <laughs> <laughs> I mean we can't lie he did he did the last time last time he was on our show he did it from his car and he just had blood like on the top of his roof he's yeah. like yeah I was bleeding in a match and like I tried to cover it up and it squirted and got on the roof of my car and I had to run into like a Rite Aid pharmacy <laughs> holding my head and they didn't know what's happening. I need some bandages. So yeah, you can say that. I don't want to say it. I don't want to get them mad at me. Par for the course. I've taken plenty of shots from Josh Bishop, so I'm not too worried about it. He <laughs> power bombed me on concrete, both against my will and willingly. So uh, you're facing Matthew Justice as a part of the, the television tapings. I know you got a long history with Matthew as well. And Bishop and Matthew have wrestled all over the, the country. Uh, you know, what, now bringing this feud to MLW, uh, just talk to me a little bit about that and facing Matthew in this setting. I mean, it's not only like Matt Justice, but for years and years, for like five, six years now, however long these guys have been going around as a crew, I've had to deal with the second gear crew on show after show after show, running their mouths. They don't shut up. They're in the back talking just loud as hell about how tough they are, talking trash about other guys in the locker room, like <laughs> probably taking bookings away from me at some point. I've fought Matt Justice before. I've fought one called Manders. I've fought uh, – Mance, whatever, the good brother number three, whatever he's trying to pass himself off as. And I don't like any of those guys, quite frankly. Uh, I'd rather spend my time on the road or in the locker room or in the ring with virtually anybody else on the MLW roster. But yet, here I am once again being put into a situation where I got to fight Matt Justice, who never fights fair these guys him and uh him and manders attacked me and josh bishop before the bell at our tag team title match these guys they don't play by the rules i'm not here to be like a name on matt justice's belt i'm not here to be a name for him to try to have under his wing because he hasn't been able to get it done for the past 15 years, like he wanted to, I'm going to beat the crap out of Matt justice. I'll take whatever few brain cells 
this guy has left. I'll send him back to the trailer park, to the uh, the 18-wheeler, whatever. Sh- Can I curse? Yeah. yeah. Whatever shithole Manders is, <laughs> oh, gosh. is living in. Mad Justice can go hang out with him. What, what the hell is that? What, what is this? I I heard one review of my match on the internet. And <laughs> that's is, one more than it deserved. <laughs> listen, does it bother you that people are going to call me Filthy Sean because I have the filthiest drop toe hold in pro wrestling? I think we should pull up some footage, Sean. Did, did you see I, that beautiful... I did. I did. I saw you maintain the wrist control, which helps drag her down. You dragged Shaza down to your level. If there's one thing I like to do, it's to drag Shaza. That is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even drag others it, down. It was nice. Yeah, it was nice. Nice wrist control on that takedown. Way Why to doesn't anybody do that? Why do I got to teach everybody how to do everything? Well, are you here to teach me how to talk? <laughs> I mean, I could. But anyway, you know people are. Is? Yeah, that's that's listen. What I want to know is why do you even dare to wrestle when you're a, a part of media? You should pick a lane, filthy Tom. Well, I did get some quite good reviews based on my performance at the last uh New Japan show when I was in the commentary booth. So I mean I'm willing to take the hint from anybody that wants to pay me to talk and not have to wrestle. I, I mean <laughs> If I get an excuse to step away and say, "Hey, hey, it's because I got a better offer," not because I'm next RJ City, not because I'm getting slower, <laughs> not because I'm getting older, not because I'm losing muscle mass, not because my cardio is getting worse, not because I'm getting uglier, not because my performance is lacking. It's because somebody else offered me more money. So hey, throw it my way. The next RJ City uh, is is filthy Tom Lawler. I'm excited. I think I think you would fit that role pretty well. You could have said like Pat McAfee. No, but RJ City. He writes all of Tony Storm stuff right now. He's doing good. Is RJ known as a wrestler? He he couldn't even get like a graphic well, or anything. Well, like since this comes out afterwards, he did say in in our Fightful Award acceptance speech, please do not stop watching Hey EW because I don't want to chain wrestle ever again. That's, well, that's, we would have to begin watching it in the first time stop. I think he'd stay so. say the same, probably. Is that a video? It's a video show? What a video show? The Hey EW? Yeah, it's a yeah. video show. Oh. It's allegedly online somewhere. Some Usually. Yeah, you can find it. Usually. Somewhere. Sean, Sean, now that you're here. Yes. I would like to... I would like to thank you. Really? As a wrestler. Yeah. Okay. To prevent you from ever doing an attack. No, no, no. For (laughs) for the rest, it's for the rest of the locker room. Okay. Because by you wrestling Shaza, no one else was going to be booked against either you or her. (laughs) So that you know what? That I'll take that. That's a compliment. It's one that I'm gonna keep. And I appreciate and listen. You know my favorite part about that match? We're practicing it, and I do an Irish whip, and I haven't done an Irish whip in like eight years. And we're practicing it, and she goes, whoa, it's a work, mate. Don't ever Irish whip me that hard again. (laughs) Then she cracks me in the back of the head with a kendo stick as a shoot. And I was like, oh, okay. Speaking of legitimacy, can you explain the spot where 
her butt. Yeah, that was a yeah, very legit because, spot. Well, no, here here's my here's the point I'd like to make. Well, go ahead, Sean. Can you explain the spot? Because my memory's a, a little bit hazy. Well, listen, ha- if I was able to explain it, it maybe wouldn't have happened, Tom. I probably wouldn't have gone for that had I expected her <laughs> ass of steel to have I really damage your knee. I mean, you it can did say damage it. my knee. Listen, yeah. I didn't have an official doctor diagnosis, but I've not had a doctor say that my knee isn't shattered yet. <laughs> and that that's the case. Like people look at Shaz's ass and they're like, wow, wow. Look at her making all that money from her only fans. I, I misjudged it. I didn't know it was going to be like made of titanium. From what I understand, she went to the same surgeon as Lex Luger and had plates inserted. One million so, views on that spot, by the way. So her ass and Brutus Beefcake's face. Hopefully not together. Hopefully not together. Although that's that's a collab that I'm sure people have hit him up about before. Oh, Tony Atlas may have gotten that. That's, that's just a foot gimmick, buddy. Yeah, but I think he would gimmick. be into it regardless. Either way, I'm sorry I couldn't be here for this entire interview. I really admire your work, Filthy Tom. Please, I, I appreciate it. Please proceed. <laughs> Thank you. An unplanned run. I'm assuming you knew that was going to happen. No, no, I did not. I never know when Sean is going to, to run in, we do a morning show three days a week and he just appears whatever time he, he decides to appear on. He's still backstage by the way. So if you, you say anything, I'm always can, watching. <laughs> Mike Sempervivi did this to me. Like I can't get away from it. People are just sending assassins after me left and right. I know. I did not know that was going to audio assassins. It's bad enough. You mentioned I had to deal with Brian earlier. Like you talked about, now I got more people coming out of the woodwork attacking me verbally. It's it's all these media people who think they're they're wrestlers and you know hey. they they're coming after you for it because you were trying to take, I mean, a little bit, you're trying to take their jobs a little. You want to fight Walker Stewart for the New Japan commentary gig. I saw that quote. Yeah, I just hey, I was I was quite clear what three five minutes ago. If somebody wants to pay me to sit down and talk in the booth and not wrestle, I'm more than interested. I'll wear a mask. It doesn't matter. What's what's the dream Tom Waller gig that that you get to commentate for? Oh, I mean any anything that's full time to be honest. UFC, <laughs> right? Every week, UFC. If they if they could. If they could go, hey, Tom, we're going to, we need to pay you back for what we did to you. We're stealing your career from you. What do you think a fair payment is? I would say, I want Joe Rogan's job. I think that's fair. John Anik, John Anik wants to step away. He can't handle yeah. the fans. I can do it. I'm your man. There you go. You, you said it. John Anik is, uh, he's getting a lot of heat online. He's trying to step away now. Tom Muller. Unfortunately, the SmackDown gig was taken. Do I need to fight Matt Stryker this weekend? Maybe. Do I need to fight Joe Dombrowski? <laughs> I don't know who's going to be on the mic for MLW, but they better watch their backs. I'll tell you that much. I'm going to beat up Matt Justice while I'll call the match. <laughs> Jerry Lawler is not the only Lawler that could pull that gimmick off. <laughs> Jerry Lawler, The Rock did that in a couple of his matches. He would just kind of grab the mic and... Begin commentating. 
I'd like to see him do that in one of the UFL games and <laughs> play a few downs while he's also on the stick. I would like to see him do that now with the, the way he, that bless the rock. He was blown up after that day one <laughs> spot, very blown up. He's well, been out of the ring for a while. He probably can't stand there without sweating bullets. I mean, he's what? 285 pounds of pure muscle. His metabolic rate is probably through the window. His body temperature is probably 200 Fahrenheit. I, he he does the clanging and banging. He needs to you know run and gun and get and get get on the the cardio a little bit more. When does he sleep? That's the I other issue, right? Like this guy's probably not sleeping at all. That's why he's sweating so bad. I I don't think he does at all. The greats don't sleep. That's why they're all millionaires. They don't they don't have time to sleep. Huh. That's what we're lacking, Tom. We, yeah, I just, you know, say, I just took a nap. Yeah. Earlier. <laughs> <laughs> we we need some rest. These guys, they. That? Over that eight hour. That's a lie. <laughs> he's got they, he's got these energy drinks too. I assume he's just drinking all the Zuma, Zima, whatever the, the energy. Oh. I'm not. I'm not sponsored by it. I don't have to get it right. <laughs> it's fine. I don't think. I don't think he's drinking Zima, Paramana <laughs> and Zoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell me about the collaborative col- collaborative process in WTF working with MSL. Uh, and Matt Cardona, just how you guys kind of pitch stuff because I love it. The throwback to the 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 old school '90s, early '90s WWF. You got the hotline and everything. Yeah, yeah. What's the process like with that? Uh, some of that stuff I am not involved in the process <laughs> at all. Obviously, the promos uh, I have, you know, pretty good pretty good reign as to uh, what I can and and can't say. Uh, I think the mastermind behind that behind all that is the man that you mentioned earlier msl um i tell this story every time msl gets brought up the very first day 2005 that i took a bump in my life in a pro wrestling ring msl was sitting back there on the couch eating i think it was i think it was cheetos but watching me scouting me at that time 18 19 years ago and here we are now so it's always a blast when i get to interact with msl whether he's showing me around the wtf headquarters telling me the plans about the future whether we're hanging out after partying with bishop you know uh i love like i'm a i grew up on 80s wwf and if you watch the wtf vignettes um that's basically what they're a throwback to right maybe some maybe some 90s thrown in there the uh zeta was the aol's most downloaded woman downloaded woman for aol (laughs) right so that's definitely a throwback to the the 90s and sunny but um you know we've seen different like companies do kind of sports entertainment groups in the past and there's a lot of stuff that just wasn't done, you know, whether it's like storyline reason or timeline reasons or, or whatever. And I think that this version, this kind of like throwback to the, the super, super star wrestlers era of the eighties and like the over the top characters, the, the vignettes with the cheesy music in the background. I love that stuff to be honest. So every time, I don't, I don't even get to see it until the finished product 
to be fair, because I don't they don't have the graphics flashing <laughs> when MSL and I or Josh Bishop are there are there talking. So when I get to see it on Fusion or on uh, YouTube or on Triller TV, it's always a treat for me and I, the fans too. I love the the bodybuilding contest with Hammerstone and and MSL is just freaking out. I'm like, look at his traps, look yeah. at him, look at this guy. <laughs> like uh, the old Gary Stridham. <laughs> Uh, uh it's very good I, I love how full bore you guys go with that because you're right that other companies have tried to do something but they don't go into it as much as that because there's so much you can play off of i mean there's the the little just history of of wwf and wcw like you that you can play off that you guys do and it's fantastic yeah and there's so many like tropes right like i mean they brought back the tumbler for the royal royal rumble but that's a great one to use, um, you know, just, just the different graphics, like the school picture background <laughs> laser graphic that they've brought back for the WTF. That's just one of my favorites. Um, yeah, hopefully you get to do a little bit more. Maybe, maybe it'll move on, you know, to, uh, oh God, what was it? What was after the, that eighties era, the new, the new era is that what it was called? The what new generation. The new the generation. New generation. Yeah. The yeah. new generation. WTF next or some attitude era? Oh, I can't wait for that new generation. WTF? It's gonna be a killer. Oh, new generation would be very good. They they just make a difference. Tell- make a difference, Josh Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. Sparky Lawler. I'd say somebody needs to be Dean Douglas, just the the teacher. <laughs> Hey, I was a teacher. I have a teaching degree, so it might have to be me. <laughs> uh, Tom, I appreciate you joining me uh, tonight. Thank you very much for, for your time. Let everybody know where, where they can find you at and then what you got coming up. Well, you can always find me on Twitter or X or whatever it is, at Filthy Tom Lawler. And uh, you can find me this Saturday, as we talked about, on well, it'll be on Triller and uh, YouTube and fight and be in sports in the future but saturday night the 2300 arena mlw super fight it's going down stat card yuji nagata versus fatu alex kane versus kojima and the main event me versus matt justice and after i beat him up i'm coming after the rest of that second gear crew and the commentary team <laughs> they're all you're all on notice yeah. too, jeremy <laughs> oh shit. anybody That's who's like... making money talking i'm coming for you <laughs> oh i don't make any money talking i well, all my money hey, comes from the writing about right, the talking so yeah <laughs> this safe. is all you're safe <laughs> jeremy Thank you. Thank you. Tom, I appreciate you joining us. Thank you again. Um, guys, it is MLW Super Fight. It is on Saturday. It's on Trailer TV, Fight TV. You guys can check that out. We'll have plenty of coverage of it on Fightful. Tom, thank you again for joining us. And guys, we'll be right back here on the spotlight. We are back. Big thank you to Tom Lawler for joining us in the Creator Spotlight. Everyone, check out MLW Super Fight this Saturday. It is headlined by Alex Kane, who was on the spotlight last week. You can go check out that interview now. It is up on Fightful Overbooked if you'd like to watch that one. Uh, Alex Kane defending the MLW World Heavyweight Championship against Satoshi Kojima. That is the headlining bout on MLW Superfight. Tom Waller will be part of the uh, television taping 
portion of things. So you'll get to see his match against Matthew Justice uh, on an upcoming episode of MLW Fusion. Guys, appreciate all the support here today, hanging out with us, getting up early with us here on the spotlight, leaving your chats, your questions, your comments, your statements, leaving your super chats. Hopefully I'm back leaving your general comments on here. Uh, we're going to wrap things up again. Thank you guys for all the support. Head over to Fightful.com. Get all your news out there. Head over to FightfulSelect.com. Check out all the exclusives we have. $5 a month. FightfulSelect.com. Uh, check out all the Fightful Awards. The big award show with Sean and Denise aired last night. All the winners are up on our social media. Uh, we have individual posts for all the awards. We're going to have a big awards post as well. So check out the Fightful Awards show last night. I did a, a very brief run-in if anybody wants to, to see me on that show or if you get enough of me because I'm on this channel or every other channel, uh, the Fightful of a Book channel every single day. If you get enough from me, that's fine too. But go check it out to support Sean and Denise and everything we do here at Fightful and all the great sponsors who uh, sponsored the awards uh, for the show. Guys, thank you again. We will be back next week talking everything in the world of wrestling. A new episode of In the Weeds live tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern. Myself and Joel Pearl, we will preview um, preview the weekend, preview NXT, talk about the fallout from Dynamite as well, and talk about everything else that's going on in the world of wrestling. Guys, we appreciate it. As always, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of The Spotlight. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Enjoy your Thursday. Goodbye, everyone. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.